Welcome to Pod Me If You Can, I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And today's film is Lucy, which is directed by Luc Besson and stars Scarlett Johansson, and to a lesser extent, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen Lucy, uh, probably check it out. We'll be talking about it with um, some spoilers in mind. So, as always on the podcast, we, uh, we talk about films after seeing them. So, spoilers ahead, people. So, Lucy was shot in a foreign country. I'm guessing it was, uh, well, European countries and also including Paris, Lloyd. Yeah, uh, I think so. S- seems to be the way Luc Besson is going um, with all his films because uh, Taken was $25 million, uh, obviously a huge success and has spawned at least one sequel. Are they doing a Taken 3? I think they are. I don't know. I, I didn't even watch the second one. I loved the first one. I called it. I said there's no way they're going to There's no way they're gonna top the first one. <laughs> okay. The, uh, I haven't seen the second one either, but I think I heard they were doing a Taken 3. I just can't recall. Lucy is a $40 million film, so slightly bigger budget, a lot more CGI in there, but it's um, the same formula, uh, I thought, where they've got a European country, big Hollywood actor, and, um, you know, I imagined Scarlett Johansson sitting in a rig for a car doing all the, you know, steering wheel shots, And then obviously you've got these car chases that have been done independent of her. She's not actually driving the car, as you know. (laughs) Um, You know, so just I felt like as I was watching it, I could see how cheap the film was. For me, this was uh, what really took me out of it. Because Morgan Freeman, for example, he did a big speech throughout the course of the film to a bunch of students who were some of the worst actors I've seen. (laughs) But uh, what happens if I make to 100%? what (laughs) who are you (laughs) and why is this important that we're watching you talk to these people who never come back at all in the film Uh, i'm sure they went with this mythology as well that 100 percent. you know um we only use 10 percent of our minds i listen to the joe rogan podcast a lot and that theory's been debunked a long time ago Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) an old one yeah um but this was the way of getting Morgan Freeman to basically narrate the film without actually having him just narrate the film. <laughs> yeah. wasn't it? Just, it was, it was a, just cheeky. You got, you, no, you got to give him credit for that. That's a creative way to have him just like, uh, rather than just a typical War of the Worlds technique where it's just the voice of God coming on. You know, he's in a character. <laughs> you haven't seen the film Limitless, have you? No, I haven't Limitless seen with Bradley Cooper um, and Robert De Niro because... Uh, that is the most similar film to this that exists. And just, I'm not going to spoil too much about Limitless if you haven't seen it, listeners. But in Limitless, the premise is that he starts taking a drug the, in pill form um, that basically allows him to access more of his brain in the exact same way Lucy's brain is, you know, increasing towards 100%. Bradley Cooper's character becomes smarter and everything about him improves. The way they did that film felt fun and uh the journey the character went on was perhaps more rewarding Mm -hmm. i thought um lucy maybe because she is immediately cold and uh immediately robotic i suppose maybe it's a lot less fun there's a lot less comedy to it there's a lot kind of less levity uh you kind of immediately make her a hero um, like the Matrix sort of thing. Uh, she's like Neo immediately, like, you know, as yeah. soon as the drugs sort of kick in. Well, I think that's one of the biggest issues of the movie is that she's too invincible um, and she gets it from the get-go. Um, yep. So there's no real drama if any um, opposition she meets, she just completely destroys and, you know, overtakes. But I thought I, th- I actually thought Luke Besson did a pretty solid job in this movie. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think there were too many things taking me out of it. And one of them, let's talk about it towards the beginning. Scarlett Johansson says, I've got exams on Monday, right? First of all, so she's studying in like a foreign country. I would have liked a little more exposition on that. (laughs) Um, She's like a mature age student, presumably. She's like, you know, 30 years old or so, uh, or just under 30. So I'm guessing she's, you know, doing additional studies, but... She's using 7% of her brain, so she's not clever. She's partying. She's like, I don't know. I um, I didn't buy that she was a student, first of all. And then showing me all those shots of animals. You know, the mouse near the, the trap was one thing. But then to show me, like, gazelles and leopards and, like, really drive the point home. I turned to Tess, my wife, and I said, uh, this is just padding. The film is 89 minutes and they have to pad to get yeah. us there. You yeah, know? this, this is, is an interesting technique. Uh, I know Terrence Malick does this a lot in uh, Tree of Life um, and it evokes so much of Tree of Life. Uh, this movie, I know it's a weird film to bring up for an, uh, you know, a crazy action movie. Um, but I think that's all this is really. It's uh, It utilizes... Uh, also, another person who utilizes that technique is Oliver Stone particularly with um, uh, Any Given Sunday, where, you know, Al Pacino's angry and we hear a lion roar as he's, you know, screaming, but he's mute sort of thing. But this film really goes all out in that direction. When it shows you, yeah, that mouse going near the trap and it shows you the leopard tigers, you know, um, coming towards its prey. You know, it's an interesting style of editing. I think Jean-Luc Godard would be proud. (laughs) (laughs) For me, like I said, it took me out of it. I was like, why yeah. am I watching this montage of human achievement to get us to 89 minutes? You know, the like first show creature me- was uh, named Lucy, the first female. <laughs> that, that's great. Yeah, cool. <laughs> it was frustrating because I was thinking like the 89 minutes like gets us, you know, they slowly are like getting us to 70% basically. And then the last few minutes of the film is like 80, 90, 100, it's over. Mm. You know, rushed ending. They make the drugged guy try the um, the CPH4 drug at the beginning. Uh, he's some random sort of drug guy that this uh, gangster squad... What did you think of the gangster squad? Lloyd? I thought they were fantastic. Uh, one, the lead guy, and I'm struggling... I'm going to struggle to pronounce his name. Min Sik Choi, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. He is a Korean actor... Most famous film, of course, is Old Boy, which I think is one of the best films of the last decade. And I think his screen presence in this is excellent. Just, I don't know, for some reason, I, and it's interesting I bring this up, but he just evokes so much of Gary Oldman to me, just his expressions okay. and how he acts. And Gary Oldman, of course, was uh, one of the best villains in, I think, um, uh, Luc Besson's best film, which is The Professional. If you haven't seen that film, you should definitely check that film out. Um, yeah, uh, so I, I thought... The, uh, the the Korean gangsters were a really interesting choice. You don't often see that in movies. <laughs> True. And um, meeting the boss in that kind of American psycho style where yeah. he's in a suit killing someone on plastic seemingly yeah. and uh, using the bottled Evian water to wash his hands, you know. Uh, was you know, like Jack the, Nicholson iconic. in um, The Departed. Yeah. Um, definitely. Now... That doesn't help me later when she goes back to him to kill him that she doesn't kill him. <laughs> it's she uh, she becomes this easily you know a weapon. She, she becomes can a kill god. People. Yeah. Oh, this is still when she's like, 
I won't be here for long and she goes back to kill him and she stabs through his hands with those two blades first of all at that point I think she could probably speak Korean Mm. she doesn't speak Korean she speaks English to him that he doesn't understand and so anything she says about like she's trying to tell him something and like about his life and about humans and everything and everything she says just he wouldn't understand first of all um and then when I was writing notes about this as I'm watching it and the first thing I wrote was why didn't she kill him (laughs) because she's killed so many people up to this point it can do no good to leave him alive and at this point she's sure she's going to die and as an audience member watching your lead head towards their demise it's like a bucket list thing almost I mean I think why didn't she kill him why didn't she kill him Lloyd because you need a villain for the third act probably (laughs) that's that's not a reason like if she, if she was interrupted by, you know, something or, uh, you know... Yeah, but her <laughs> logic is so strange. The moment the drugs kick in, she's just on a different wavelength to anyone. Like, why did she go in the hospital and just gun that poor person in surgery down? You know, automatically think, well, this is an awful person. She's like, oh, it didn't matter. He was going to die anyway. But still, to col- kill that person is just like, you must have lost so many people that were rooting for you. <laughs> But her understanding yeah. and everything, just the way how she saw the world work was just on a completely different wavelength. Uh, that is almost, like, humane. I, I can see her character being, like, you know, shooting that person because, like, well, they were going to die anyway. You couldn't save them. What just about the taxi consuming. driver on the leg? That was the bit I was going to mention. Yeah. Do you speak English? No? Blam. Bam. Like, I thought she actually foreign... killed him. Until... Why would foreign... Yeah. No. Yeah, I know. Why would foreign audiences like this character who doesn't like people who don't speak English? Yeah, you know exactly. What I, mean? I bet there's a different cut in China and Korea and... <laughs> yeah, replaces it with a Frenchman or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bring in the American who doesn't speak English. <laughs> it's funny, too, because, like, Scarlett Johansson's done Lost in Translation, which obviously is, like, stranger in a strange land, doesn't understand the language kind of thing, and then... To do this kind of, I don't know if it's really reverse, but like, you know, just stranger in a strange land kind of deal. Was the audience, uh, when you went to see this, was it a packed house? Not totally packed. I saw it on the afternoon, like late afternoon, 4.30 or so on the first day. Um, So, or first or second day, I can't recall. I I saw this on a Tuesday night and it was pretty packed. And I'm pretty sure there were kids in the movie I went to see it. I was like, why would you bring your kids to this? And then I look at the marketing campaign for this. People thought, I think, really thought it was a superhero movie Mm. that was, uh, you know, uh, not Black Widow. This is like, you know, oh, we couldn't get Black Widow. But here's Scarlett Johansson in another um, franchise, you know, another superhero sort of movie. And I'm just like, this isn't, (laughs) you know, this isn't an action uh, superhero movie at all. This is a crazy French film. (laughs) Well, I mean, let's talk about this. It's either go take your kids to see Lucy or Hercules. (laughs) That's what opened opposite each other in the States. That's what we got, you know, opening against each other. Brett Ratner's Hercules starring Dwayne Johnson. Brett Um, Ratner did that? Oh, yeah. Oh, now I'm going to have to watch it. Oh, the Brett Ratner. (laughs) I didn't know there was two. Yeah, just the <laughs> I, think, right I think he's a terrible director. <laughs> I think you've made that known on this podcast. <laughs> um, look, the CPH4 drug, right? You know how they're smuggling it in their intestines, which is, you know, 
pretty full-on drug trafficking. Yeah, and the fact that um, she wakes up and they've, you know, operated on her and, you know, it was just so horrible. I didn't know if she was raped. I didn't know if she was, you know, it was just, oh, you know, really uncomfortable. And then this English guy who's obviously high on something just so coded how he's talking he's just not straightforward telling her what's up and we're trying to piece together what's happening and then you realize oh okay they're mules smuggling this drug around the world yeah first off the first thing i thought was don't they have full body scanners at the airports yeah. in some places like yeah. i don't know that this plan would work <laughs> um and the second thing about that is the english guy who explains it all or british actor he never gets his comeuppance we never nope. see him again. That's typical um, in f- those European action movies. you got characters coming in and out that are so memorable and you think they're going to be so integral to the story and you just never see them again. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. isn't it? But um, for our Western eyes, we have to have the three-act structure. Any character, you know, if you have a setup, it has to have a payoff, you know, sort of thing. Well, I just feel like she was killing off all the members of the, like, the mafia or whatever they were, um, you know... T- killing the head guy and like i feel like he is an integral part of the whole thing but yeah i I didn't see it like that i thought the moment she had the drugs in her she just awoke into a new different world of concepts and everything and the only reason she went back to that korean head boss was to find out where the drugs are headed because she wants those drugs now and it just became Mm. a difference you know a, a different goal to the story for the korean guy his goal was now vengeance i have to kill this monster you know Morgan Freeman explained the premise of uh, be immortal or reproduce. Yeah, I didn't you know, understand set... that. What, what did that mean? Oh, exactly. It was like... <laughs> um, well, the thing was, I was hoping that they wouldn't cop out because it feels like using 100% of our brains would exhaust the computer that is the human body and therefore she shouldn't be able to get there or when she does, she should die. Yeah, the physical I think go- she... goes out. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, um there's so in my head i was like all right this is we're watching her towards her demise and though she'll be able to pass on a bunch of information like obviously i didn't know it would be in usb form um, <laughs> but as she's able to you know punch out a bunch of information that'll help us this is her sacrifice for the human race she's you know gonna die but then to be immortal or reproduce i thought maybe if she's keeping that cop around you know, the French cop who's with her, maybe if she can accelerate and control her own metabolism and body and whatever, maybe she could have a baby that would then have all the knowledge yeah. with him. That's why she's still keeping him around, maybe, you know? Uh, it didn't seem to make sense to me to make her immortal at all. And that's where I think I don't like the film, is the ending. The um, the fact that she didn't die, that she's everywhere, that it's it felt like kind of a cop-out, like a little bit lazy <laughs> to me. Um, I like it how that French guy's like going, why do you need me? There is absolutely, Mm -hmm. I I have nothing to offer you. (laughs) At all. The, uh, yeah, for him, like, as a reminder of her humanity, I feel like she wouldn't need him around for that at all. And that at some point she would go, uh, you know, based on her new thinking, that she would go, no, I don't need you. Thanks for the ride. I'll take the car. Mm. You know, that she'd be more cold about it. Um, the last sort of humanity leaving her for me was when she did that speech about the mother's milk and the thousand kisses that she's felt. Yeah. Or well, when she tells like, a friend, um, when she tells a friend, this is a prescription, take this, um, you'll be fine. You know, that, it was, 
although she cares for a friend, it's just so mechanically delivered. She's just losing her humanity now. Oh, definitely. Um, she pulls out the bullet as well early on. Yeah. Like she doesn't feel pain. Yep. But then she feels everything at once. So like, but the pain she can just rise above it. She says that in the in the line, doesn't she? She goes, oh, "I'm just uh, like to Morgan Freeman when she calls her up, calls him up, and is, she's just like, oh yeah, I can be anywhere now. You know, I can control electricity and all that.' She goes, "I'm just slipping my humanity. I'm losing that." I think she says something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But when she's carrying a gun in public into the hospital, I thought she was meant to be smart, Lloyd. What's she doing? <laughs> like, a bunch of times she could have been shot. You know, she's just playing percentages, you know, just hoping nothing happened. Well, what happened to her in the airplane when she starts falling to pieces? Like, uh, it was pretty impressive CGI in this, but um, she's falling to pieces and she eats all the blue stuff that she's got left. It, she re-embodies as a full person or she regenerates? She kind of... Ex- it was weird, wasn't it? She kind of explained it like there was some part of her that would still try and hold on to her, like, molecular form or yeah. some, you know, keep her together that that she would still be able to sort of, you know, reset. I, I read a lot of um, interesting stuff online about this afterwards and one theme that kept coming back was... The CPH4 drug she's taking is something that's made during uh, by pregnant mothers for the kids. Oh, that was mentioned in the movie, yeah. Yeah, um, and so people were arguing, like, if she has control of her body and everything, why can't she just manufacture this drug? Yeah. And, like, if he got her pregnant or they had sex, and that's a good opportunity for a sex scene in this film. I mean, you had a lot of slow motion, Scarlett Johansson boobs, but I feel like you could have put in a sex scene... <laughs> And that could have been her trying to hold on to humanity humanity as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you have the reason you think that that's her trying to hold on to her humanity. Then the reason that's happened is because she wanted to get pregnant so she could recreate the drug inside of herself. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, there's a lot of ways they could have gone that would have been more interesting than what happened. Yeah. Her objective was simply to pass on the information that she's learning at a ridiculous rate in USB form. In USB form. I mean, imagine if this film was made, like, years ago and it was, like, a floppy disk or something. (laughs) Man, I I was... When that whole crazy moment came and she was going through time, through space, through the universe and everything like that, I was also feeling the the audience I was watching it with vicariously, like experiencing Mm -hmm. this as if through them. This is the first... Because I'd seen, you know, Tree of Life. I've seen 2001 A Space Odyssey. So I've seen these crazy you know moments before it was nothing new but seeing it with them was just like oh my gosh where am i going where where is this film taking me (laughs) and then i thought the design work was really cool how she breaks apart into this organic like computer searching for energy and she splits and creates it that was really cool definitely um I, I was a bit the same. I, I thought that was the, a bit of the money shot, you know, just going through time yeah, and everything. Yeah. She mentions time is the only variable, and that scene with the car going so fast you can't see it anymore. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that was awesome. But again, the whole logic was flawed in the movie. The whole, you know, belief that we only use 10% of our brains has been debunked now for almost a decade, I think, or over a decade. And, um, you know, so the whole time I'm thinking, wow, this is very flawed science. You're going to make an 80 minute movie on this. <laughs> so many pointless things about this film too. Where they, did, they did a shootout, cops versus mafia. Yeah, right? I like that because uh, it was Luke Pisani. He's a great, great action movie. 
uh, director, specifically Fifth Element. If you guys haven't seen that, you should definitely check that that out. And uh, at least we get to see a little bit of his action, you know, in that scene. <laughs> One of my dad's favorite movies is The Fifth Element. We used to watch it a lot. Awesome. When I lived there, little things took me out of this film, Lloyd. I like to get immersed. Last week we talked about Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I was on board for that whole trip. That's talking apes, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> P.S. The ape in this didn't look as good as Planet of the Apes, CGI apes. Um, on the plane, she's working two computers at a time going tippity-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap, you know, yep. two laptops, right? The processing speed on the laptops is not as much as her. She would have those little spinning beach ball of doom <laughs> that uh, they'd be like thinking, not able to open enough windows. I was like, you know, even if she can type at that rate, <laughs> the computers wouldn't be able to handle it. They would just go, just <laughs> shut down. Nothing. Oh, dear. So <laughs> let's let's discuss this ending. Now, when she gets all the black stuff um, coming off her, she's, you know, absorbing computers and whatever internet feeds and things she needs. Um, it, it reminded me of, like, in X-Men, there's a thing called the Phalanx. And I think in Star Trek, it's the Borg. Um, it's, like, assimilating everything and, yep. and, like, becoming this, like, symbiote kind of thing so like how a uh, beehive sort of works you got a queen and then you got all its drones and you assimilate into it and yeah yeah i i feel like there's kind of a shade of that um even the the black you know goo coming off her kind of reminded me of venom from spider-man yeah um but then just kind of went from 70 percent doing that to 80 percent pure white like the matrix you know which is a common film thing we're seeing now and then, like, 90% she's teleporting in her chair and freeze-framing and time-traveling. And that was what you wanted to see more of. Hmm. You want to see her at at this point. You know, when she sees the first ape and she, like, touches fingers with it, should she be able to do that? Because is she, is she actually there? I thought she was, like, looking at all the molecules that make up everything and she can see the history of all the molecules. And so she can kind of go through time that way. Like, yeah. she's not really doing it. So then when she touches the ape, there's a bit of like that she's passing on the knowledge to that ape. Mm. But I don't think that's what that was. I think she was just touching base with like the oldest possible kind of relative or whatever. Because yep. it wasn't like she was enlightening that ape with any kind of knowledge. Mm. I think she was just looking back on all the molecules and stuff. I don't know. I don't know. She, um, she sees the end of the world there as well, doesn't she? Yeah, I think so. Presumably the the boss the like uh you know one she didn't kill who she could have probably predicted would come back and try and kill her <laughs> at the end he's sort of which is at 99 percent she's like filling up like with this black liquid yeah that was her cool lips and yeah stuff. yeah and that's the kind of stuff you want to see you want to see her get to that point and then this film needed like five more minutes yeah you know like needed more of a I don't know that budget's the right word, but it just felt like a cop out to me. Did you enjoy the ending? I, I liked it. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I'm like, everywhere. <laughs> Have a USB. Yeah, it, it felt just like one of those endings. Oh, you're invincible now. Cool. You know that sort of thing. But I, I thought overall it was just a 
fun ride a fun crazy ride from the moment when she gets handcuffed by this guy she barely knows and she has to deliver the package and that whole tension where she has to make the phone call and who is this guy she has to deliver to and all these you know triad like gangsters come out and meet her and that whole scene where she meets the gangsters and the bloody paws and then she wakes up and it's just like okay what happened to me why is my belly cut and then she's this crazy god action superstar that's just invincible and it takes on a philosophical level and then we come to france and it's just crazy everything that happens in france from that cgi'd cast chase sequence <laughs> to the to the brilliant shootout in the the library i think they're at or a science lab wherever they are and then of course mm-hmm. to that you know beginning of time sequence i always say um i I, it's it just this film takes you on a crazy ride and seeing it in belcon and in hoyts with a packed audience who's probably never seen any film like it was really fascinating i think this is a very very flawed action movie i don't think this is one of luke besson's best at all but it and i think they marketed this very poorly i think they tricked a lot of people um you know into thinking it's this you know black widow like action movie like the avengers and it's not but uh, it's fun it's really fun <laughs> i i absolutely felt tricked um, <laughs> yeah. and life was given to us a billion years ago now you know what to do with it <laughs> final line of the film that's Lloyd. terrible <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you what do you what did you learn there like what do you do with your life what do you you know take a bunch of drugs is that the point of this film <laughs> I don't think that's very good dialogue that's, at all. Yeah, that's a really good point. Well, whatever it uh, is she's figured out is on a USB stick that the audience will never find out what's in there. So we can just assume in this world, it'll be a better place now because Morgan Freeman has the, the key to the universe, you know. But even Morgan Freeman said, you know, I don't think we're ready for this kind of knowledge. It'll, it'll, no. You know, and she goes, no, but we ignorance is the first step to well, i can't remember what she said <laughs> but she said you should have it anyway whether you survive or not if nothing else she should be alerting them to when the world will be ending and like when to get off of earth yeah. basically yep. that's that's the way i see it anyway what's the point of being scarlett johansson if you don't feel desire that's what, I think. <laughs> what other movies end where they're a god now and they're everywhere i guess sort of matrix. like yeah matrix and or star wars um in a way because you know the the jedis are almost invincible once they die they become these ghosts that are everywhere you know mm-hmm. um yeah heaps of yeah yeah I can yeah there's look it's <laughs> i i felt like it was a cop-out but anyway <laughs> you guys can uh, you guys can come back to us with what you thought of lucy on our facebook page facebook.com slash podney if you can we uh we're growing ever closer to the 100th episode of podney if you can thanks for all the listeners who are getting us there and uh lloyd just quickly if you can tell us about the 50th episode of uh youtube channel which is youtube.com slash pod me if you can you guys will know a few weeks ago we just finished nicholas cage week and on that week we did leading up to episode 49 which was the last episode we did of nicholas cage week so now comes our big bad 50th episode which will be on youtube if you guys have not subscribed to our channel already please do and it'll start you know it'll be a big fat um double episode where dave will review one and i'll review one and it'll star a big superstar and i'll give you a little clue guys when he does a push-up he pushes the earth down (laughs) (laughs) i think you've given it away (laughs) sorry (laughs) (laughs) no it's fine people can figure it out yeah yeah uh but it's going to be a big double episode you're right and it's a lot of fun doing the youtube reviews and um 
yeah, check it out if you haven't had a look. We, we do obscure films with famous people in them. Uh, Lloyd, I haven't talked to you about this yet, but um, I'm feeling like we missed a film that we should do next, and that's The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh, yeah, that uh, was a recommendation uh, by somebody who really wanted us to do it, so yeah, we'll definitely check it out. Yeah, I think it's out on DVD now, so um, we can touch base, see how Jamie Foxx is as Electro, see the next chapter, really, in the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man yeah. saga. I think one of the 30th episodes or something of Pod Me If You Can was Amazing Spider-Man 1, so be good to pick up and uh, see how the story is going because neither of us have seen that one yet. No. But uh, let's say that's the next one. Yeah. And uh, as, as always, you can find all of our stuff at www.podmeifyoucan.com for any episodes you've missed. And thanks very much for listening. Thanks, guys. All the best.